0: Uh, This morning, uh, I want to touch on spiritual warfare, okay? We are living in a time that spiritual warfare for every believer and the church as a whole is of utmost importance. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. You're going to have to use your Bible this morning. I don't have any slides to give you, so you're going to have to open the Word of God, all right? It's okay. If you can't find it, it's Acts,
1: Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, then Ephesians.
0: It'll be Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, just one verse, but I want you to pay very close attention to this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this age, or the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. How many of y'all like uh, history? Yeah,
1: me too. I'm going to give you some things to ponder. In the Roman Empire, by the year
0: 325, there was an estimated 7 million Christians. How did that happen? First of all, it happened because of Jesus Christ and the apostles, and I think as importantly, the apostle Paul, who went to the Gentiles to preach the gospel. So in just a couple of 300 years, there was 7 million Christians on the face of the earth. Most of whom were persecuted relentlessly, and
1: about 2 million were killed for their faith. I often wonder if I had to die for my faith. Would I be willing to do that? Have you ever thought about that? That's a hard choice, isn't it? But with the power
0: of Jesus Christ in your life, it is not a hard choice. It's a very
1: easy choice. In the 4th and 5th century,
0: Attila the Hun invaded Europe, slaughtering 3 million
1: women and children. In the Crusades, with the war with the Muslim, it is estimated that 2 to 6 million were killed just from Western Europe. Genghis Khan, killed 40 million people, which was about 10% of the world's population at that time. The Catholics and Protestants, in their war,
0: there was an estimated 2 to 4 million that were killed. And I've often thought, how in the world... Can believers, if they are believers, fight and war against each other and kill each other? But we do it every day in the church. The church is the only entity that kills their wounded. We find someone that's fell out of fellowship with God, and all we can do is talk about that individual
1: and run that person down into the ground and say, well, they were just no good to start with. Our desire as a body of believers, when a person
0: falls out of fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it is our totally and awesome responsibility to go to that individual and try to bring them back into the fellowship of Jesus. And as a church
1: worldwide, I do not see that going on. We just let them fall by the wayside. And I'm sure
0: that you know of someone that that has happened to. But what have you or I done to go get that person and try to talk to that individual and
1: bring them back into the goodness and the grace of the Lord Jesus? I know several people that had fallen out of fellowship with God, left the church, And there were just a minute few that would dare go try
0: to win them back into the fellowship of Christ. It's our responsibility, people, that when a person falls out of fellowship with Christ, we have the responsibility to try to win that person back into the fellowship of Christ. Doesn't matter what they've done,
1: doesn't matter. In the 8th century, during the French Revolution, about 17,000 were beheaded and 10,000 died in prison. I can't imagine being a believer and having to face the guillotine to have your head just chopped off. Well, that's exactly what they did.
0: In World War I and World War II, 100 million lives were lost, including 6 to 8 million Jews.
1: And the world did nothing about it. They knew it was going on, but they didn't do anything
0: until it escalated to the point that the United States got involved in the war. This is the
1: kind of evil... That has existed in all these centuries. In Vietnam, a little more than 58,000 American soldiers were killed. Whenever you see a Vietnam
0: veteran wearing a, a, some of them wear hats that says they were a Vietnam veteran, how many times have you and I went up to them and said, thank you, For your service. How many of us have ever gone to a police officer or a sheriff in a restaurant or wherever and said, Thank you for your service? Because these people are putting their lives on the line every day. Just like the young man, 25 years old, in Spartanburg County, went to a domestic violence call and was murdered. They had just found out Sunday that they were going to have a child, and that child will
1: will never know its father. What a tragedy. Every age has had its advocates
0: of the false philosophy a basic goodness of man, and of course, and its prophets. The scripture says there is none good, no, not one. Each age has had its so-called saviors with their humanistic remedies for world disorder and misery. Hitler's remedy was built on the totalitarian state, and uh, racism, and Marx and Lenin's on economic theory, atheism, and revolution. Some have looked to education to deliver this world. If that's what you're looking for, don't look. Our higher institutions of learning are totally corrupted for the most part. And they are indoctrinating our children, our students, into this false belief that they are totally good and they don't need Christ. They have become so liberal in their thinking, and they are trying to pass this along to all our kids nowadays. When's the last time any of us have ever been to a school board meeting in our public schools? The things that are going on in our classrooms, indoctrination of critical race theory, of TQ WXYZ, whatever they call that. How many of us have ever gone into the classroom and asked the teacher, can I
1: see the books in your library?
0: The Bible through the centuries has correctly identified the cause as the sin of man and cited only Christ for the peace of the individual and the answer to the planet's dilemma. Jesus Christ is the only answer to all the world's problems, and it's up to the church that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and I want to ask you a question. I don't want anybody to raise their hand and nod their head. When is the last time you ever brought somebody to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? I heard someone in this church say a few months ago that the church doesn't need to be any larger than what it is. If that is our mindset then we are not going to see the kingdom of God increase. We, as believers, have the awesome responsibility to share the gospel and try to bring the unsaved to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our sole
1: purpose for being here. We need, in this country,
0: another great revival that happened back in the 30s. That's exactly what this country needs. It doesn't need more liberal politicians. It doesn't need more liberal Christians. We need people who are sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need churches that will get up off their, you know what, And do something for the Lord. Now this sermon may be a little bit rough. If it is, I'm not going to apologize. (coughs) What is spiritual warfare? That was just the introduction, folks. For us to understand... <clears throat> Excuse me. What spiritual warfare warfare is? We first of all must clarify what it is not. Spiritual warfare is not prayer breakfast. Don't want you to raise your hand and nod your head. You ever been to a prayer breakfast, a men's prayer breakfast? I have.
1: Pancakes, sausage, grits, biscuit, and gravy orange juice,
0: coffee, milk, whatever, all this stuff. They spend three hours preparing for this, <coughs> two hours eating, and 15 minutes praying. And, the, and, and most of the times it's, they get through eating, they sit in the chair and they rear back, they rub that stomach and got the toothpick sticking out of their mouth. And they're about to bust open like a can of biscuits. <laughs> I used that term from somebody that I heard.
1: And I've been to these kind of prayer breakfast. That is not prayer. I want to read you something. Turn to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21.
0: Now, there was a lot of people gathering to hear Jesus, a lot of people, just to see him. And the Bible says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, came to Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation or unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as the as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain or obstacle... Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Not how many pancakes you can eat, not how, much, how many sausage you can down, but it goes out by prayer and fasting. I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you
1: to nod your head. When or have you ever fasted and prayed? And if so, when's the last time you did this? Now, why did these disciples go to Jesus privately? They couldn't cast out the demon of this child
0: because they were totally ashamed and embarrassed that their faith was so small, and apparently they had not been praying and fasting. And you recall that Jesus on several occasions had fasted. And the Bible says that when he prayed on one occasion, that it was almost like drops of blood coming out of his forehead. That is an intense prayer. A prayer that you and I probably do not understand or have never experienced. When I think about the horns of the altar, I think about the priest going by that altar and grabbing the horn on this side and the horn on that side and begin to pray to God with a fervent and spiritual prayer. We as a church, we as a believer, need to grab hold of the horns of the altar and begin to have that kind of prayer life. And don't let go of it
1: until we have had an answer from God. And God will answer your prayer. It doesn't matter what obstacle is in your way. Prayer
0: is the viable solution to having that obstacle removed out of your life or the life of someone else. And if we want to be
1: sincere about a prayer life, then we need to learn how to fast. We need to learn how to pray. Spiritual warfare is not the
0: recitation of prayers. It's not a I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer. Sometimes our prayers are so redundant, even mine,
1: and I'll be the first to admit. It's the same thing over and over and over. But when there is someone who
0: doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is someone who has fallen out of fellowship with the church then that is when people need to come together and pray for that one individual by prayer and fasting. And my friend, I promise you, you will see that individual be moved by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that individual will get right with God and get back into the fellowship of the church. I've seen it happen time and time again. But my friend, it doesn't come by, oh, Lord, I pray that that. Uh, Susie and John will get back, and I hope there's somebody here by Susie and John. If you're honest, I'm not meaning you. I uh, hope Susie and John get back in church. They've had such a turmoil in their life, and then that's it. But if we come together as believers and fall on our face before God and begin to begin to cry out to him
1: with prayer and fasting, we will see things happen. Spiritual warfare is not praying to the saints
0: with a chain of beads starting off holding the crucifix in your hand, reciting the Apostles' Creed, then doing all your ten Hail Marys. I've been in Catholic churches and, I'm,
1: and I know some Catholics that are true believers. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting them down. But if they're not praying to God through Jesus Christ,
0: you can pray to all the saints you want to. You can hold that crucifix and go through all those beads time and time again and the decades and all that kind of stuff. And you can pray all you want to around that, ro- that rosary, but it's not going to do you any good unless you pray in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the, when uh, at the inception of
1: Jesus Christ in Mary's womb, who, by the way, was a virgin. That The Bible says, blessed are you, Mary, not putting her above
0: Jesus Christ. The word blessed means happy are you,
1: Mary, that you are going to give birth to the Savior of the world. Spiritual warfare is not going into
0: a booth or talking some man for the forgiveness of sin. No man can forgive you nor I or anyone else for their sins except Jesus Christ, who died on the cross
1: and shed his blood for the remission, the removal of my sins. Does anybody know how much the Vatican is worth? Vatican City? It's about
0: 110 acres, I think. It's worth about $15 billion. The Vatican has big investments in banking, insurance, chemicals, steel, construction, and real estate. But they are deceiving the
1: world By their form of religion. And it's a form. The church, whether it be Roman Catholic or whether it be Protestant,
0: needs to be involved in the salvation of souls and growing
1: the worldwide church of Christ. There is only one high
0: priest. And that is Jesus himself who has the power to save and the power to write a name in the Lamb's book of life. And if a person's name
1: is not written there, they will not spend eternity with him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the
0: life, and no no man can come to the Father but by me. I don't care how many books people read. I don't care how many confessions they make. I don't care if they're educated or uneducated. No one will receive eternal life except through the shed blood
1: of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to what spiritual warfare is. It's
0: a wrestling match. I remember I was about, I don't know, 12 or 14 years old and I had a friend by the name of Jack Davis. And I was a pretty good wrestler, believe it or not. Now, you've seen wrestling on TV. Everybody knows that's fake, right? I mean, you don't stand there and hit somebody in the face 10 or 15 times and never bleed, never bruise. My mother used to love wrestling. She'd sit there and watch every wrestling match every time it came on. A friend of mine by the name of Britt Sheehan, he and I had this wild idea. Well, we're going to dye our hair blonde. (laughs) Back then I did have hair, by the way. We're going to dye our hair blonde. So we did. We went to the drugstore. We got some stuff. Boy, we were just as blonde as you could be. You couldn't get any blonder than that. And we decided that we're going to go by WTVY uh, TV station because wrestling was going to be on. And they advertised the wrestling on TV, had the wrestling matches. They had, you know, some bleachers there. And uh, Britt and I got up on the very top row of one of those bleachers. Well, the klutz that he was, he was a good football player, but he was pretty much klutzy. He fell off the top bleacher behind the curtain and the camera zoomed over that way thinking that the wrestlers over there by fighting behind the curtain. But it's a wrestling match. Our wrestling or contention is not with men like unto ourselves by any stretch of the imagination with flesh and blood, but are a Hebrazium meaning for men or human beings. We don't fight with human beings. This is a spiritual warfare. And if you look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 16, this is what Paul was actually referring to after his conversion experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He almost immediately found out that he was wrestling with a power unlike
1: any that he had ever encountered. And he did not confer with the apostles.
0: He had a conference with God and an anointing to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So Paul found out very quickly, after all the times that he persecuted believers and having them killed or stoned, he found out very quickly that he was in a wrestling match unlike he had ever encountered in his entire life. And the word wrestle in the scripture implies the athletic exercise in the Olympic and other national games at that time. It was almost like a wrestling to death, which wrestling on TV is not to death. And they'll hit each other with these fold-up chairs and, and all this kind of stuff. Doesn't even knock them out. You, if I hit you with a fold-up chair, you're going to go down, folks. But when Satan attacks us, He wrestles with us to no end. He is bound and determined that he is going to win the wrestling match. And you're in for a fight, believe it or not. If you're going to be spiritual and follow Christ, you
1: are going to wrestle with the devil.
0: What are we wrestling against? Let's look at it. We're wrestling against principalities. These are chief rulers, by the way. Beings of the first rank and order in the army of Satan. The army of Satan. People say, well, how many demons are there? How many soldiers of Satan are there? More than you can count and they are everywhere doing Satan's biddings and trying to get believers to fall out of fellowship with
1: Jesus Christ. You recall that when Satan rebelled
0: against God, he said, I will, I will, I will, I will do this? Well, it didn't work out too well for him, did it? God cast him and all these angels out of heaven. How many angels were they? One third of the heavenly host was cast down to where? The earth. Are they still here? Yes. You can see the results of the satanic force working in and out and around
1: you every single day. It is here In this atmosphere that Satan rules
0: and reigns, he wants complete dominance over everything there is. He wants dominance over the church. He wants dominance over the believer. But if you walk in faith and by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in a wrestling match with Satan, and you continue in the way that you're going following Christ, he is going to lose every wrestling match and I've got the Holy Spirit and the power of God, that I know how to wrestle.
1: And every believer needs to come to that place where they know with a confrontation of Satan they can win the wrestling match. Satan may kill your testimony,
0: steal your joy, destroy your family, Your marriage causes disease and all kinds of calamity, but he cannot take your soul if you're in Jesus Christ. That's the only thing he can't touch. He can rob you of your finances. He can destroy your marriage. He can
1: destroy your children's lives. He can even cause disease to come upon you. But he can't touch the soul.
0: My name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and the Bible says it will never, never be erased. And I just have this theory that the Christian's name is written there in the blood of Christ. I don't know how. can't explain it. That's just my theory. I don't know if there's a basin there, if he just has a pen that just never runs out of his blood.
1: He just writes your name in the book of life. That's just a theory. wrestling against powers authorities derived from and constituted
0: by the above by the uh, the principalities and these soldier demons are numerous in number in the thousands of millions and you and i are no match for them without the blood of christ in our life his power and his presence and the holy spirit are the only force that we have to fight against him The demons are vigorous, relentless, subtle, as you found out in the book of Genesis Genesis, when he approached uh, Eve, and they are engaged in the art and trade of tempting. Therefore, the scripture warns that Satan is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. That means tear up to destroy, to
1: kill, to become captive. The Bible says that in that same passage of Scripture, the rulers of the darkness
0: of this world, the rulers of the world, the emperors of the darkness of this state of of, uh, things that we're in, Those who hunger and thirst for power is the very reason the United States and other countries are in
1: the political and spiritual mess they are currently in. Now, I hate to get political,
0: but our politicians are as crooked as a snake on both sides
1: of the aisle. Have you noticed that our politicians don't say, God bless America anymore?
0: Have you ever picked that up when watching the news? They have this speech. They don't say, God bless, and God bless America. All our other former presidents, for the most part, would say, God bless
1: America. And he has. But why did we quit saying it? Because we no longer believe in God. We no
0: longer believe that God is in control of this universe and this atmosphere. But God is in control. And though things may happen in our lives, it doesn't mean that God has abandoned us and God is still not in control. God is still in control of everything that happens and nothing happens without the permission of God.
1: Satan doesn't have that kind of authority. Men and women are protesting in favor of abortion. The road versus
0: Wade that just hit the uh, Supreme Court. Killing, murdering an unborn child. We've got transgender, gay marriage, critical race theory taught in our schools. Transvestites visiting classrooms telling our kids it's okay to be a transvestite. Let me tell you something. These people that are so perverse need Jesus Christ. They don't need politicians agreeing with them They need politicians who will stand up and
1: say, that is wrong. Still got one granddaughter in school. God forbid that I hear of a transvestite
0: going to her classroom and trying to teach her whatever it is they do.
1: Because I will be there in a heartbeat, in a New York minute, however fast that is. I never thought that I would see gasoline going up to over four dollars a gallon. We have a choice. Put food on the table or feed your car up with gas. Pretty much of a choice. And how about these people who don't make a very good living? What are they doing? Barely surviving. Do we not see
0: what the rulers of, of darkness are doing to our country? Do we not see that what is happening? Am I okay with this? Are you okay with this? If you're okay with what is going on in our nation, in our world, then there's one or two things. You're so far back you can't see the hand of God trying to pull you out or you've just never been born again.
1: I care about what happens to my country. I serve for our country. And I care very much about how and what direction it is
0: going. We're getting so far away from godliness that I don't know if we can ever come back to that place. But it's going to take the church. It's going to take the church, the collective church, to ever get back to a place where we once were,
1: and we are not there. How are we going to get there? How are we going to cast out demons? By prayer and fasting. There are spiritual wickedness.
0: The spiritual things of wickedness are the spiritualities of wickedness, they are highly refined and sublime evil evil
1: disguised falsehood and truth. We have, we have people
0: who are doing things in the name of God, and there's, they don't even know God. And I'm not going to get to antinomianism, but I will tell you what it is. Antinomianism, or an
1: antinomian, sees himself as under no obligation to follow any type
0: of moral code. Look at all the riots we had during the summers the summer of riots. There was no moral obligation to follow any kind of code. There was no moral obligation to follow the law. There was no moral obligation for anybody to do except burn, kill, and destroy.
1: That's all they cared about. The devil is a spirit,
0: a wicked spirit, and our danger is the greater from our enemies because they are unseen and assault us unless we are aware of them. The devils are wicked spirits, and they chiefly annoy the saints and provoke them to spiritual wickedness, pride, envy, malice, so forth and so on. These enemies are said to be in high places or in heavenly places. So the word is taking heaven, as one says, for the whole expanse of the universe. So where does Satan actually reign? Where does his demons actually reign? They reign in the heavenly universe far below the stars in the skies. They reign in our current atmosphere. And if you could see them, you could reach out and touch them all the way around you, but you can't see them. You can only see the forces of evil. And when you see the forces of evil, you know that demons are at work in this world. And they want to destroy you as a believer. They want to destroy me as a believer. They want to destroy this church. They want to destroy every church. That is their their goal in their eternal life. But it's going to come to an end one day. But that is their goal now,
1: is to to destroy the believer. He likes to
0: destroy a marriage. Loves it. Because he doesn't just have one, he may have two, and if there are kids involved, he may destroy even more. So I want to say something to young people who are not been married but a year or two years or whatever. Let nothing, let nothing, come between you and your mate. If God has joined you together, let no man. Divide that for no reason. But Satan will try to tempt you and try to destroy your marriage. And when he does that, and if you've got kids and family, he will also destroy them in the process. We have need of faith in our Christian warfare because we have spiritual enemies to grapple with as well as the faith in our Christian work because we have spiritual strength to fetch in. Thus you see the danger. The last and final thing is high places. A quote from David, the Jews called their kings of the earth in his words, set themselves and the rulers take counsel together or applied by the apostles in Acts four twenty-six to the Jewish rulers who persecuted Peter and John for preaching Christ crucified. We need to understand different orders of evil spirits who are employed under the devil, their great head to prevent the spread of the gospel in the world and destroy the souls of mankind. Their only goal. And my friend, I invite you to engage in spiritual warfare. Do not be content with just coming to church and sitting here and listening to a sermon. And this may have been the roughest thing you've ever heard. I don't know. You may have heard something rougher. And I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but if the gospel hurts it, so be it. I don't apologize for that. But if I offend you in any way from a physical or human standpoint, then I apologize. But if it came from the Spirit of God, I will never apologize for that. As someone often says, it is what it is. We have to, as a church, come together. If there's someone in your life that you know who needs Jesus Christ, who has known Christ but has fallen out of fellowship, When are we as a church going to come together and fast and pray for that individual? I want you to think about someone that you know right now. I want you to really think about someone that you know, an acquaintance, a relative or a friend that who is out of fellowship with Christ. I want you to think about that person right now. If we as a church come together with fasting and prayer, we will see the power of Almighty God working that person's life and the Holy Spirit will wrestle him or her out of the hands of Satan and it's going to be a battle. And you may get spiritually bruised and beaten up, but praise God, we're going to win the wrestling match every time. Satan has no authority. We need to start pulling down strongholds and barriers. And we need to grow the kingdom of God. And try to get every person saved that we can possibly get saved before it's everlasting too late. Right now, I want you to think of somebody that you know that's not saved. Just think of someone that you know that is not saved. Maybe a good person, but they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. How about if we come together with fasting and prayer and watch that person come to know Jesus Christ? What an elated feeling! That is. The Bible tells us that when a person is saved, that heaven rejoices.
1: Where I see heaven rejoicing right now. One other note in closing. Do you realize that over 280,000 abortions have occurred in 2021? I can't fathom that. And these people that are out here protesting, what
0: if their mother had chosen to abort them? They wouldn't be there. And they need
1: to understand that. They would not be here to oppose what is going on,
0: the right to life. Every unborn child has the right to live. No one has the authority to take that person's, that young, that fetus, and just discard it as if it were a piece of trash. That child in the womb experiences pain just like you and I do. They have nerve endings, they have a heartbeat, and yet these people
1: are going out and killing these babies. We ought to be so upset we couldn't stand it. The church needs to be the church. We need to begin to realize that we are fighting
0: a battle. We're not going to lose in the end. We're not going to lose the war, but how many battles are we giving up every day?
1: Church, I ask you, I ask you to come together. If there's someone that you know that needs
0: Jesus Christ, I'm asking the elders, I'm asking Pastor Phil, I know he's, he's uh, watching. I'm asking every one of you, if you've got somebody that's in that predicament, let's write their names down on a piece of paper. Let's come together as a church. One Sunday afternoon, one night during the week, whatever. Let's fast and pray. If you want to fast one day, that's fine. If you want to fast three days, that's okay. But we need to come together and fast and pray. People say, well, I I can't do without food. Well, I hardly ever eat lunch. So I know I can do without food.
1: And the last time that I fasted, the pastor said, well, you can eat crackers
0: and drink water. I'm not saying dehydrate yourself. You may have a medical issue that you can't do that. That's okay. That's okay. God understands that. But those of us who can fast and pray, we need to come together. We need to take that sheet of paper with that person's name on there. We need to call that person out to God in prayer, and ask God to do this or this, whatever that person needs. My friend, God will do it. Trust me. It's happened too many times. God never fails. He's not in the failing business. Let us pray. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you begin to pull down strongholds in the lives of individuals that have fallen out of fellowship with you. The ruler of the dark age, those in spiritual wicked places, have caused so many people to stray away from the fellowship with you. They've strayed away from the church, the fellowship of the church.
1: And they are truly believers but they've been attacked so viciously and so vigorously that they don't think there's any hope for them. And outside of Christ, there is none.
0: All the counseling in the world, all the mediation will never take place of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, who is the great counselor. Father, I pray that we, as a church, as a body of believers, will begin to realize that we are in spiritual warfare. It's just not coming to church and paying our tithe and and uh, coming together and hearing a sermon and singing. It's much more than that, because here we're pretty much in a safe haven. But when we walk out these doors, we are in a war. We are in a battle. We are in a wrestling match
1: with Satan and his soldiers. And I pray that we would put on the
0: armor of God and that we would begin to use that armor to the benefit of the kingdom of God and ourselves and our church. I pray in Jesus' name.
1: You've been listening to a broadcast from Life Point Church in
0: Greenville, South Carolina. If this ministry has touched your life in some way, we would love to hear from you. Just visit our website at www.lifepointsc.org for more information. Or, if you prefer to reach us by letter, you can write to us at P.O. Box 27036, Greenville, South Carolina, 29616, USA. Until next time... May God bless you as you continue to follow Him.
1: Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart.